Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. We've spent much of the week talking about the start of training camp. What we couldn't have anticipated yesterday was that the NFL would make a large statement, not just about training camp, but about their entire season and how COVID will be handled within the process of the National Football League. It's Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and your smart speakers. Bart Scott, Jason Fitz, good morning, Bart. How you doing? What it do, baby? What it, what it. What it do? See, those are the things. Like we're right out of the gates with the things you can say that I can't. Ah, like it just doesn't work for me. That's if you, a quote. Like, that's a quote. No, that's no, no. But, but like reverse it. Go ahead. Ask me how I'm doing. What up, Fitzy? What's going on, baby? What it do, baby? Like it ah, just see, doesn't see, work for me. Say it with a damn check. Look, first of all, look. What see, it do, baby? Listen, I mean, you, like you make it. No, see, you making yourself small, right? Uh, you uh, should uh, sit with confidence, right? You know what I'm saying? Sit, sit, sit like you I got know pink flamingo shoes on, man. Sit like you belong. What it do, baby? Uh, I'm not even going to try it. All right, we're presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests join us on the Goodyear like Hotline. Hard get hard, and you will, Farrell. I'm trying to toughen you up. That, well, I, I appreciate that. You know, uh, I, I could use the toughening up. There's no doubt. Uh, speaking of tough, we got tough words from the NFL yesterday in the form of a policy, and this is the memo that they sent to teams uh, letting everybody know how COVID's going to be handled this year. And uh, let's start here, Bart. We expected the league to speak because, let's be real, as much as we're all trying to get back to some sense of normalcy, this is still part of culture. This is still part of how everybody's living. We expected the NFL to give us some sort of guidelines, right? Because we're still going into a curious fall where nobody knows exactly how this is going to play out. But nothing's curious now because it's a 10-page memo that's gone out. And for anyone that hasn't seen it, the league has made a few things clear. They intend to play the entire schedule over 18 weeks. That would be 17 games per club, okay? Through that process, they do not anticipate adding a 19th week. They do not anticipate scheduling anything within their process that will allow games to be postponed. And they have taken a very, uh, very hard line in the sand that they are not to, that if your team causes a cancellation because of a COVID outbreak for non-vaccinated players... Yeah. You will forfeit that game. It will be a loss that you have to take. Nobody gets paid, and any economic losses will be at the feet of the team that's had the outbreak from non-vaccinated players. If you're vaccinated, the league will help in that process. If it's a vaccinated outbreak, they'll help mitigate the cost. But if not, they're putting all of this at the feet. So not only was this a strong statement for players, this was also telling owners, we're going to take your money. You're going to have to pay for everything if your team's the cause. And that's the thing, right? Like, you know, they tried to they tried to ratchet up the pressure in the offseason, right? When you talk about, you know, them saying, hey, if you want to have a normal, you know, a normal building, you got to have at least, what, 75% of your, your building. 85. 85 80, 80, you want 85% of your building vaccinated. And that didn't work, right? Because we heard the response. We heard Sam Darnold come out and say, ah, I don't, I'm not vaccinated. I don't know what I'm going to do. And it's just we're getting closer and closer to the regular season. They thought that would be enough, right? People would just want to have the freedom of being able to lift weights and be together, be in the locker room. They didn't, thought maybe the isolation would, would work and the peer pressure would work. It didn't work. Now they're coming after your money. And then they know that's something that's going to get the attention. But, you know, it's very few times, maybe once or twice during a year where you are dressed – as a group, by your owner. I think now owners are going to come in and they're going to apply the pressure, right? And the NFL has this thing that they've always had. 
and it's mandatory but voluntary, right? Where they make you feel like you have a choice, right? Hey, don't worry. We're going to have this voluntary minicamp. We're going to have these voluntary workouts. You don't have to come, but, you know, probably 85% of your teammates are going to be there, and you may fall behind. And if you fall behind, we're not going to catch you up, right? This is voluntary but mandatory, and this is going to be interesting because you're going to have some tough conversations in some locker rooms, and when you talk about losing game checks and everybody, listen, everybody in that locker room isn't created equal. You know, if you're Mahomes, if you're Dak Prescott, that game check is a lot more you know, you know, um, costly than, say, that undrafted free agent or that six-round draft pick coming in. So now they're ratcheting up the pressure again. And listen, this is going to be tough, and this can go either way. And there's so many layers to this, and we have so much to unpack. I don't know if we can do this in the first Nine minutes of the show. Oh, we can't. He's Bart Scott. I'm Jason Fitz. We're filling in for the guys on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin on ESPN Radio. One of the interesting quotes, every club is obligated under the Constitution and bylaws to have its team ready to play at the scheduled time and place. A failure to do so is deemed conduct detrimental. There is no right to postpone a game. This is, again, to your point, I feel like if I'm an owner, what I've just looked at is the NFL coming in. And and look, any time Roger Goodell speaks, he's speaking on behalf of the owners. So the owners decided on this together. Yeah. Let, let's not pretend that the owners weren't in yeah, on this conversation. This yeah. Right. So the owners have decided together that if you can't get your club vaccinated to a level right. that we have to postpone a game, that's on you. And I can only imagine if I owned a team – that this becomes a much different conversation because the the financial responsibility where they come in and say, <laughs> hey, if a non-vaccinated player causes an outbreak and you have to postpone a game, your club will be responsible for the costs. Now you're, you're suddenly looking at it and saying, hey, uh, not only am I, as an owner, paying your salary, but I would have to pay out millions of dollars in postponements and whatever other money is, then, is mm-hmm. involved in that, like, Boy, if you're a fringe roster guy that's not vaccinated, I feel like that that becomes a really different yeah. different conversation. Yeah, I mean he's not he's not worth the trouble, right? And he you know the the, the benefits outweigh the um, you know the whatever you know what I'm saying the rewards. Yeah, yeah, the rewards, right? But it's, it's crazy, right? Because they also have to pay for the team that's not going to get their game checks, right? On the other side, right? So like now it's just so much pressure being applied right now. I don't know how they're – listen, somebody's going to try and figure out how to use this as a competitive advantage as well because if you're talking about guys that are going to be, you know, trying to, okay, we'll, we'll cut this guy. And how are you going to figure out the source? This is what I'm saying. How are you going to figure out the source, right, if it's a vaccinated – like how much cover, cover-ups and how much, uh, you know, CSI are you going to have to do to try and figure out who's vaccinated and unvaccinated? And it also the competitive advantage, right? What if both teams have a, have, have vaccinated outbreak – and they miss the games, then how do you go when and, and, and they're in the same division? How do you figure out, like, as far as the playoff seeding and rostering, because now you have two teams that's fighting for the same spot in the same division with one less win. So now you got to go to all the strength of schedule, who you lost to, all that type of stuff. It can get very complicated. They're going to have to make adjustments. This is going to be moving the goalposts as, as they continue to figure this thing out. It's interesting because in May, league officials spoke to Brandon Bean. That would be the GM of the Buffalo Bills after he said that a player potentially being vaccinated might sway his decision to cut someone. Word from the league office was that the GM was told he was not allowed to uh, uh, to release a player, quote, solely due to vaccination <laughs> status. But to your point, but, Bart, they'll find something. I mean, it, it's yeah. not difficult to find 
a reason to to get this. And, and I want to be clear because we're going to be talking about this. And by the way, that's some straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. We're going to be talking about this throughout the course of the day. Uh, important notes, uh, Evan, I'll ask you. I'm going to re- fourth wall here. Put that back. Yeah, Jeff Darlington was on Cheney and Golick Jr. I want you to hear what he had to say about the NFL and where they are on safety. Like if the NFL was concerned at all about like the the science behind the vaccine, there's no way that they would be putting any type of potential mandates. No, no way they would be saying to players, like, get this vaccine. So you, you got to think that the NFL feels, feels pretty strongly about this. If, if they're putting themselves out there saying, like, get this vaccine, like, sure doesn't seem like that they're worried about um, pot- potential fallout from it. Now, I'm not suggesting that that would influence anyone's decision. I'm just saying that to me, that tells me, that the NFL absolutely is dug in on this one and wants its players is basically making it very clear to them without saying you have to be vaccinated to play that, that you better get vaccinated or, or uh, you're risking a lot here. That's some straight talk, straight talk, wireless, no contracts, no compromise. We're just getting started with this conversation. There's a lot, as Bart said, to unpack with all of this. I will say this loudly. This is not a political conversation. We're not going to make it a political conversation. This is about what your favorite NFL team is dealing with right now and trying to figure out how to go within the guidelines of what has been negotiated from everyone and is now clearly in front of these players. And with that being said, one of the biggest names in the NFL made a strong statement about whether or not he even wants to stay in the league. It was shocking. We'll tell you about it next. But first, part has this from Granger. For all the ones who get it done. Granger is always there to help. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, 24-7 support, free access to product specialists, and experienced staffs at over 250 local branches. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people even safer. Call 1-800-GRANGER, click Granger.com, or just stop on by. Like, if the NFL was concerned at all about, like, the, the science behind the vaccine, there's no way that they would be putting any type of potential mandate. I think the fact we haven't heard from the union tells me that they signed off on this. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Boy. Boy. If oh, boy. If you've ever listened to, to me on any ESPN radio show, 
I always come back to one thing with the NFL, and it's important right now to have some context. I'm excited to talk to Bart about this as we continue to break down the breaking news yesterday of the NFL's vaccination policy and their cancellation policy coming into the season. <laughs> Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, ESPN News. We're all over the place. Jason Fitz, Bart Scott sitting in for the guys. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. We will have some great guests on all of this and on all things NBA today over the course of the show on the Goodyear Hotline. So, uh, obviously, Obviously, Bart, we've been talking about the policy. For anyone that hasn't seen it, uh, the NFL has essentially said, I'll paraphrase this because there's a lot and I don't want to take everybody's time with it. But uh, they're not going to allow postponements. If you have a team with a COVID outbreak because of a non-vaccinated player, you will forfeit the game. It will go down as a loss on your win-loss record. And the team will be responsible for any costs that are incurred as a result of it. <laughs> if, it's an, if it's a vaccinated player that has an a- outbreak, uh, they will help mitigate those costs. So it's an interesting money line. But something you just heard as we came back, Bart, that I think is an important part of the conversation is virtually everything that's ever done in the NFL – is collectively bargained. Like, there's an NFL, there's an NFLPA. So, as much as we're getting a memo from the league, I have to agree with all of the experts that were talking there. Nothing happens in the NFL. Roger Goodell does nothing other than put out what the owners that he works for tells him, and that's usually something that the players are aware of. So, everything that's gotten us to this point has been collectively bargained. The players have been a part of this. Yeah, I mean, you know, DeMora Smith, uh, who's um, who's a lawyer by trade, you know, he, if he had something to say, he would have came out immediately in support of the players. This is this is about the NFL getting back to business, right? Understanding that they just signed a huge TV deal and they want to make sure that they can ensure to their TV partners that the game that you inspect, inspect to get, expect to get, you're going to get, right? Nobody wants any of these flex games, these Tuesday, Wednesday rescheduling. They're trying to say, hey, we're going to guarantee or we're going to guarantee to the best of our ability that you're going to get the product that you that you're going to be able. Just imagine, right? You got a game that's supposed to be a featured game and you lose that game. Right. And then in turn, you get like Jacksonville and the Bengals. Right. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and and you've been you've been selling this game Sunday night football, Monday night football all week. And that's what you get. And you talk about how much money is being lost. Listen, everything about the NFL always comes back to money because it's big, big business. And they're trying to relate this to their to their to their workers that, hey, man, we need you guys to show up and show out because, you know, all this money that you guys are getting right next year, we, we expect we expect the salary cap to explode. Right. But if they don't show that they can, you know, put a consistent product on the field, that it's going to be there, it's going to be consistent, then they can't guarantee that for you. So they damn sure ain't going to raise the salary cap. Well, and you mentioned the workers. It's important because DeAndre Hopkins, obviously one of the most prominent names in the NFL, tweeted, then deleted, which is, by the way, just useless. If you tweet it, just leave it up. Screenshot. He tweeted, quote, never thought I would say this, but being put in a position to hurt my team because I don't want to partake in the vaccine is making me question my future in the NFL. That is a strong statement from somebody that's getting paid and also speaks to what we're about to see, which is players that choose not to be vaccinated. I I mean, it's going to raise a real conversation in locker rooms. It's going to raise a real conversation with roster construction. Mm -hmm. I mean, these these are real things that are going to be happening for everybody looking around saying, wait, 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 you're not vaccinated. That could cost us all cash. I mean, this is something that the, the NFL, I think, should consider going forward. You know that deadline they have for players to opt out for COVID? They should reopen that up 
and give them two weeks to decide if they want to opt out again for COVID, right? Because you talk about the implications, right? Remember we talked about Aaron Rodgers. He had certain parts of his salary protected if he opted out before the COVID opt-out deadline. I think they should open that back up and give players like DeAndre Hopkins, Cole Beasley, guys who may not feel comfortable with taking the vaccine and say, hey, maybe next year, you know, we'll be closer to normal, but you have, you take a financial hit, but it's not catastrophic. Yeah, and it's it's interesting because I can't imagine – how a lot, and you can speak to this. You've been in locker rooms. I'm obviously not a locker room guy, right? Yeah. I mean, in this moment, when you've got a player making his personal decision, doesn't want to get vaccinated. Yeah. There's a big difference between I don't want to get vaccinated and it changes the way we have to work out because we haven't hit a threshold. Like, that's a way different conversation yeah. than I don't want to get vaccinated. We forfeited the game. Now we've taken an L for it, which hurts our ability to make the playoffs, which could hurt my playoff bonuses for everybody else. Yeah. Also, in the process of it, like I lost a game check. Like, yeah. how are you looking at a teammate that tells you that? Yeah, but I mean, because you're hurting my family. You're hurting my bottom line. Like I said, not all things are created equal. Not all players are created equal. <laughs> so, like, okay, one guy may say, hey, we're going we're gonna to hold the line. Like, bro, you make, you make league minimum. Like, opposed to somebody that's, hey, I'm the highest paid player in my position. Guess what? I've already spent that game check. I just bought a house. I got a mortgage. I need this. Like, so these are going to be some – and this is exactly what the NFL wants, right? The best teams and the best organizations are controlled by peer pressure. They're controlled by within, with everybody being on board and doing what's good for the group, not specifically what's good for the individual – and this is what, that's why I say they have to open this back up to give players the option to opt out because you don't need or want that distraction. But this is the NFL flexing this muscle. I can't stress enough, by the way, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin on ESPN Radio, Bart Scott, Jason Fitz sitting in. Uh, to me, there's such a difference. You know, when you start talking yeah. about, hey, we're not vaccinated to 85%. And for anyone that hadn't seen the rules for that coming into training camp, there are limitations. You can't eat as a team. You can't all be in meeting rooms. You can't go out. You can't have more than 15 people in a gym at once. Like, those are all pain-in-the-butt things. Yeah. If you Minor inconvenience. Like, if I'm looking over at somebody else as my teammate, and I'm thinking, all right, you made your choice. It's making my life a little more difficult. All right. That's so different because right now, even if you're the 85% threshold, if and, and I'm only using him because he's been vocal about not getting vaccinated. If Sam Darnold, uh, the, the quarterback of the Carolina Panthers, who chooses not to get vaccinated, is the only player yeah. on the entire roster that isn't <laughs> vaccinated and he somehow gets COVID, you're looking at catastrophic results for the entire yeah team possibly and that's because you you go through this whole testing you go through this whole protocol you go through possible forfeiture and possible losses i i don't know how an entire locker room deals with that he's new and he's new and he's fighting for his career right he's fighting for for the ability to be a franchise quarterback somewhere because he's lost his opportunity be a franchise quarterback for the for the jets so this makes it a lot more difficult for him because if you're the reason why man you'll distractions get cut and I mean, like this is this is people don't understand the, the amount of pressure. I mean, you talk about people fights. I, I've seen people fight for much much less, right? You know, you talk politics in there. You got guys. I mean, you got guys that just don't get along. Gambling debts. Like man, you cost me maybe two million dollars or a million dollars a, a million dollars. Like if you make forty million dollars, you know, a year. That check is some millies a week because it's divided by set by 17, 18 at this point. 
that's a tough pill to swallow. And, and even if you're a low roster, like you're you're a minimum guy that's making what seven hundred fifty, I think is the minimum right now. You're making seven hundred and fifty. You're in that small window where you have a shot at playing in the NFL. Man, I can't imagine knowing so, that you're losing a game check and possibly like the implications of taking the L uh, with the playoff bonuses. I mean, there's a million different variables to all of this. We're going to keep breaking it down over the course of the morning, especially how it will impact roster construction and what it means for your favorite team trying to figure out how great your front office is. We'll get into all of that as the morning goes on. But the NFL isn't the only sport still dealing with the fallout from COVID and potential forfeitures. We'll get into that after Bart has this from Indeed. Time is flying, man. I know. Already, I'm already to my Indeed. I know. We're talking about Indeed. The reasons to find your next hire with Indeed are starting to add up. Just look at the numbers. Instant Match searches millions of resumes in Indeed's database to deliver candidates whose resumes fit your drive description. They have 135 skills tests that go far beyond the resume to find the resume that will help you to find the right candidate faster. And according to TalentNest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. So if you want to multiply your employees and subtract the hassles of finding them, visit Indeed.com credit. Hey, it's Greeny, headed towards a football Friday. Training camps are open. The Steelers and Cowboys have begun. The rest are right around the corner. We'll have all the big stories covered for you. It's Greeny, starting 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, ESPN News, presented by Progressive Insurance. Bart Scott, Jason Fitz, we're in for the guys, and... I'm not great at math, but if my math is okay, I think we are 26 minutes away from the start of the opening ceremonies 
of the 2020 Olympics. Yes, that's what they're still calling them. Uh, the Tokyo Olympics, even though it's 2021. So after all of the wait, we are finally here. It looks like we are going to get some games. And uh, there's a lot of NBA news to react to within that. So we're headed now to the Goodyear Hotline, where we're joined by Brian Windhorse, ESPN NBA insider, joining us live from Tokyo. Windy, you're on the ground. What's it like over there? It's very strange. Um, you, you come to Tokyo where they're having this event that they've been preparing for a decade, and there's no welcoming committee. There's no signage everywhere. Um, it's a big deal, but it's not a public event. It's not something that they're welcoming you know, thousands of tourists from across the world to showcase their country. And so... You know, today there were some events here. It's a national holiday because of the um, opening ceremonies. At one point during the middle of the day, uh, some fighter jets passed over downtown Tokyo, um, displaying the Olympic colors as they, um, you know, at the back as they went over. And people are coming out of office buildings and looking at that. But that is a, an outlier. It's it's a very strange situation to be at such a big event that is so shut down. And even tonight, this. They built this stadium, I don't know how much it is, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars to build this stadium for tonight, basically, and it's empty. And it's not that it's unusual. We, we know this is the, the modern era, but um, it doesn't feel like an, an Olympics. But uh, I, I hope the competition, which is starting soon, will, will, will make it feel like that. I wonder. I wonder how the um, environment is going to be. Is, is it going to be like the bubble with guys playing without spectators and having to really generate their own enthusiasm and energy within the crowd? And what that's going to look like visually, you know, for the television. Well, yeah. So some events, you know, you know like swimming, for example, the, the crowd plays a role, but ultimately that's the, the swimmer in the water. Um, for basketball, it will be a huge difference, especially after, you know, today. Um, Devin Booker, Chris Middleton, uh, and Drew Holiday are flying over together to Tokyo. They won't actually get here till tomorrow, Tokyo time. They've just gone through playing games in front of packed arenas and 65,000 people outside, and they're now going to walk into a completely sterile environment um, where everything feels foreign anyway because the game itself is so foreign. I mean, it's a transition for an NBA player to go play in the international game just because of the rule differences and the the style of play, but we've never had a a shock to the system that those three guys are going to have. And so it will be one of the things to to, to deal with that the Americans have to deal with here to play their, to play their best and to win that gold medal, which is what their expectation is. And this is just another one. And speaking about Devin Booker and and Middleton and holiday, what role are they going to play? Because, you know, they're, they're, they're in shape. They're coming off. They're in a the rhythm. You know how important are, are the, those additions to the um, the the chances for USA Gold? Yeah, you're exactly right, Bart. Um, you know, Greg Popovich has indicated that they are going to play right away. That they are going to be available to go for Sunday's game against France. And um, you know, Team USA has th- you know three pool play games. Uh, the other two games are going to be against Iran and uh, Czech Republic. Those are teams that the Americans should handle. Um, even if they had were missing some players, but France, you're going to need your best team to, to, to beat. They have a bunch of NBA players. They beat the Americans two years ago in the World Cup. So those guys are going to be active and ready to go. And you just hit on what Popovich is struggling with because his players are not in the greatest condition um, because of the demands of the season. 
when the year ended, most of these guys shut it down because their bodies needed rest. And with less than a month to go or a month later, they immediately had to start right back up for Team USA, and they looked sluggish last week in Las Vegas. Whereas these guys are arriving, now they're going to be exhausted. How could they not be? But they are in condition. And so he has even said he may just throw them out there in the first half right away just to see where they're at and that they've got the advantage of the rhythm and that even though they may be tired, their condition may be a weapon that he uses early in this uh, Olympics. So stick there for a second, Wendy, because I, I think this is interesting. You, you just mentioned exhaustion. I mean, we've got a back-to-back season last year into this year that had a quick turnaround. And frankly, we have that again. I mean, is there any concern from the players you've talked to about what just being a part of the Olympic team is going to do to their conditioning to impact their NBA careers next year? Yeah, they all recognize the, the challenge that is happening. And, uh, they're doing it because they really want to have an opportunity to play for this and, and win a gold medal. I mean, that happened over and over. You know, Kevin Durant said, I missed two years of basketball almost, and this is an opportunity to to, to play for a gold medal. I want to take it. Dane Lillard, you know, he didn't say this exactly, but this is probably going to be his last chance. I mean, he just turned 31. Is he going to be America's best point guard in uh, when he's 35? I don't think so. Um, you know, Chris Middleton, you know, yes, it's been an incredibly challenging week for him. Is Chris Middleton going to be a, an, a, an Olympian in four years? I don't know. So um, these guys want the opportunity to do this. It still matters, you know. And, and look, it's going to be tough, guys. The, the, the days of the Americans winning, I mean, we know this already, but they're going to have to play uh, high-level ball. Getting into this field was the hardest ever to get into this uh, Olympic field in, in the history of, uh, of, of the basketball in the Olympics. There are some great teams and some countries that have great pedigrees and great players that could not qualify. So you're not going to just show up here and just waltz your way through. The Americans are going to be tested, and they're going to be tested immediately by the French. What's the biggest hole in this roster? Is it just a lack of size and, you know, a, a, a big yeah. Yeah, I know people were wondering how the hell they could pick JaVale McGee. Why would they pick JaVale <laughs> McGee when they had a hole in the roster? Why would they not go get Trey Young? And Trey Young was thinking the same thing. He was tweeting the Isaiah Thomas stuff from the uh, uh, from the last dance. Um, it was very clear. So this team took shooting. Uh, they wanted shooting at every position. They don't quite have 12 shooters, but they've got a lot of them. And even as they were sluggish in, in their exhibition games, they shot a better percentage from three-point range than the 2016 Olympic team did. And that team uh, was the greatest offensive team that has been assembled since the Dream Team. And the competition was much tougher. Uh, And even as good as that team performed, this team is already shooting the three-pointer better. So they wanted uh, playmakers, versatile players, and and shooters. As a result, they're, 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 they're short inside. They just don't have bulk inside. And the opposing teams have already attacked that. Australia, in a 40-minute game, scored 22 baskets in the paint on the Americans. And so they wanted to find a guy who, if they needed to, could be a shot blocker and a presence at the rim. And I know you could list other guys, but number one, JaVale McGee was in shape, willing to go, and he has a close relationship with uh, Durant and Draymond Green, and that is a factor in, in how this played out. And the reason they got him was because they did not have that rim protection. Is JaVale going to play every game? No, but they wanted to have that option to go to because that is a spot where they're vulnerable. So I would say that right from the start, 
you will see the French and these other teams try to use their big men against the Americans as their as their advantage. So with all that being said, and the extra pieces that are on a flight right now, as we mentioned, Wendy, uh, how long do you think it takes this team to get some level of cohesion on the court? No clue, and I don't know if they're ever going to have it. Uh, but I will say that um, last week they played Spain, who is the defending world champion. They're an old team, but definitely a very experienced team, and, and it said won the world title uh, two years ago. They looked uh, in that their fourth exhibition game, Team USA looked like Team USA. They started to put together some rhythm, started to put together some um, you know, quarters together. It ended up being a seven-point game, but or maybe a nine-point game. And, they, <laughs> and in Vegas, uh, Spain covered like in the last 10 seconds, but it really wasn't that close. And that was a high-quality win, and that was an indication that they're getting some momentum. And look, just to be honest here, even though Luka Doncic is in this competition with Slovenia, the first time Slovenia has ever qualified for the Olympics, um, Kevin Durant is the ultimate weapon in this tournament. Uh, and when Durant is unleashed, he will not be stopped. And if that, if that Durant can show up, that is such a huge advantage for the Americans. Just to take you back to 2016, Kevin Durant shot 58% on three-pointers in that Olympics. They were an unbeatable force with Durant playing like that. I'm not sure, and I'm not expecting him to do that again. But even if he comes in the same ballpark, considering what else the Americans have. I mean, you saw how important Drew Holiday was defensively for the Bucks. They are now going to take that talent. That talent that Devin Booker had to go up against will now be on his side, and they will be able to deploy that against some of the great guards in the world who come up. I mean, you know, if they play Slovenia, Drew Holiday will be on Luka Doncic. If they play Australia, who is a, a strong gold medal contender, Patty Mills, you know, I know he's a backup with the Spurs, but he is – a star for the Australians. And when Australia beat us last week, he had 22 points. Now Drew holiday will be on uh, Patty Mills. And so to have those weapons, there is no reason why the Americans shouldn't play well and shouldn't win this gold medal. It's just not going to be real quick before we let you go, Wendy, I know you're in Olympic mode, but we got to ask all the rumors circulating around CP three at this point, any indication of what's next for Chris Paul? You have to understand with Chris Paul that he has a contract negotiation with the sun. Um, you know, he, he has an opt-out clause, which it looks like he intends to use, and he's got $44 million on the table. If he opts out of that contract, I would be very surprised if he does not make at least $44 million. Maybe not uh, all next year, but um, he is not going to do it to go play for a minimum contract somewhere. So when you dream up your scenarios of where Chris Paul's going to go, if it doesn't include him earning $40-plus million dollars or mid to high $30 million for the next two, three years, I think you should retire those. And remember, any outside leverage that he gets, whether you want to dream up scenarios with the Lakers or the Knicks or the Heat or whoever, remember that that is leverage applied to the Suns who now have to negotiate to keep the player who got them to the NBA Finals. So wherever Chris Paul ends up and staying in Phoenix is probably the, the odds-on favorite, it's going to be for a lot of money and probably at least three years. So, so frame that as you think about where he goes. You guys can follow him on Twitter at Windhorse ESPN. Wendy, stay safe. Obviously, we really appreciate your time. Uh, try and try and acclimate. Weird time change. Uh, enjoy the enjoy experience happy in Tokyo. Hour, right? Enjoy happy hour. Yeah, enjoy, yeah, enjoy the opening ceremony. Thanks, uh, Brian Windhorse, bringing you the Summer Games news and notes from Tokyo. And it's brought to you by CarMax. If it's time to sell your car, go for sold with an instant offer from CarMax. See what I did there? Find out what your car's worth with an instant offer at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way 
it should be. Now, we'll keep you updated on all things Olympics, uh, but obviously we've been talking a lot about COVID uh, within the NFL. Part of that is because training camp is underway, which leads us to one team that's reporting this weekend. Mm-hmm. It's Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, ESPN News. Bart Scott and Jason Fitz sitting in for the guys and the Bucks report to camp on Sunday. So, Bart, you know, obviously it's an exciting time for Bucks fans. Buccaneers yeah. fans can remember the glory of the Super Bowl just a few months ago. And for the NFL, you got to look at it and have the conversation we have every single year about every champion. How do they repeat? Like, yeah. how, how, where are you on the Bucks? How do they run it back, right? I mean, listen, when they said that they were going to run it back and they were going to bring everybody back we laughed right we chuckled we thought that they were just talking because they were under influence and they were excited they were at the parade but dang it did they bring everybody <laughs> back I mean I, I didn't think they would get it done and you know I think Tom Brady had plays a big role in this because of his sacrifice to take less money to be able to to play to pay everybody everybody got their money everybody got their money so everybody's happy but I wonder if everybody's motivated right what happens is you go from being the hunt the hunted or the hunter to being the hunted and every week you're going to get every team's best best play right and it's always been said in sports you know what i'm saying you know full bellies don't you know how hungry can you be if you're already full right so it's going to be tough and i think the field is a lot more difficult i think the rams you know i think arizona and we play like, oh, arizona I, i'm talking about those upsets right remember i was a part of a team when tom brady was a favorite that got upset Remember, it was a time where he got upset by the Ravens, right? Because anything can happen in a football game. So the odds are that they're not going to make it back, right? Before everything to go right for you, it doesn't happen. You know, they were fortunate last year. You know, let's see if they have some misfortune. Let's see how they handle it. Let's see how Bruce Aarons is able to keep this team motivated every single week, not to think that they can just turn on a light switch. You know, we saw, you know, maybe Kansas City struggle with this early in the season last year, maybe coming over that hangover, everybody celebrating a little bit too much and understanding that it's different because it changes your offseason rhythm because you play longer than you've ever played before because you were the last team standing. So this raises the question of, who can knock them off the perch? Like, how, how do they get dethroned? And Mike Tannenbaum, ESPN NFL front office insider, was on Get Up yesterday, and this is the team he identified as the biggest threat. Dak Prescott, they're going to win the division. Yeah. They are the biggest threat in the NFC to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're going to be a top-five offense. They're going to get back three offensive linemen. I think Dan Quinn's going to make a massive impact on the defensive side of the ball. So I think this is going to be a very successful year for them. I think Dak Prescott... <laughs> is going to be a top-five quarterback. He has won playoff games, Dan, just as a reminder, something that Matt Stafford hasn't done, and I expect this team to compete against Tampa Bay in the NFC Championship game. <laughs> I mean, Bart, you're going full, like, Thanksgiving when, when like, yeah, your aunt's is just, like, really not, not – no longer – you're not happy. I, I feel like Peyton Manning, like, man, yeah, my idiot kicker and went out there and got slithered up. You know what I mean? Like – like, come on, to my Mike T. I love you, but man, you got to stop with this love affection and this hatred of Matthew Stafford. You just said that you believe that the Dallas Cowboys are going to have a top five offense, maybe, right? And Dan Quinn is going to have this defense fired up, maybe. But if you're going to make that argument for them, do you not believe that the Rams is going to have a top five offense? Do we? Do anybody out there listen to me in TV world? Do they believe that they're not going to have a top five offense? Okay, what do they bring already that we already know? 
the number one defense in the league. So if you're talking about you have a top five offense and you have the number one defense in the league and you have tremendous players at every position, impact players, how the hell can you say that it's going to be the Dallas Cowboys, the team that's only um, disappointed us every single season, and it's not going to be the Rams who've already been to a Super Bowl in recent years? Yeah, well – I agree with you that the Rams deserve more love in this conversation, but I think you're both wrong when it comes to the biggest huh. threat. The, the, you better say the Raiders. No, well, I will. I will. Deion Sanders to say. I will. Deion said prime time. I will walk off and just walk. You know what, Coach? Uh, I'll tell you this. Uh, no, but but by the way, if the Raiders were the big, like I can't even imagine <laughs> that moment. Raiders go to the Super Bowl. I'll be insufferable on this network if I'm not already. Uh, but it's close. You went. You're, you're close. The biggest threat to the Bucs is the team that everybody thought was going to thump the Bucs in the Super Bowl last year, the Chiefs. Like, yes, the Chiefs got their butt kicked in the Super Bowl. That's fine. Yeah. And they also were decimated with yeah, a couple of, of – and, and, again, that's not taking anything away from the Bucs and, and their victory. The Chiefs looked at their weakness in the Super Bowl last year, which was their offensive line issues. They addressed their offensive line issues. And, by the way, they're bringing everybody back, too. Like, I mean, yeah. and they still have the best player in the NFL today. Not, not of all time. That's Tom Brady. Yeah. But today, that's Patrick Mahomes. Like, I, I can't look at a path to the Super Bowl that doesn't include the Chiefs. And they are the biggest threat because let's rewind and remember that the morning of the Super Bowl, everybody thought the Chiefs were going to win. Yeah, but what has to happen, right? What has to happen? Tampa has to get to the Super Bowl. I'm telling you that they won't even get to the oh, Super like Bowl. Yeah, so the biggest threat is the Rams because they're going to dethrone them before they even get to the championship. Yeah. Now, whether they win the Super Bowl or not, or if they or, or, they, or they lose to Kansas City or whoever in the AFC, I'm trying to tell you that the Rams are going to are, are going to deny. Tampa even an opportunity to run it back. Look, I like that call, and we talked a little bit about it yesterday. I mean, I think the love of Sean McVay combined with the love of Matt Stafford combined with the love of uh, just a star-studded defense <laughs> that gets after it. Like, there's, there's a million reasons. It's a tough division, though. The Rams are it is. looking at, like, you've been really high on Arizona, and I think rightfully so. Uh, the, the 49ers will make the argument all day, every day, that their season was derailed for the second time in the last four years by lo- loss of starters Well, they'll blame it on a Jets right. turf. Uh, right, a thousand percent. So injury, they'll blame uh, derailed their season. But, you know, you've got to look at it in the past and say they've been right in the past. Also, Seattle is consistently a good football team. So I don't think it's a cakewalk for the Rams to get there. But I also do agree with you. I think the Rams are a really good team. I, I, to me, for the next 10 years, if you want to really uh, – next five years, I'll say it this way. The next five years, you want to pencil in who's the biggest threat to whoever the Super Bowl champion is. It's always going to be the Chiefs. So I'm always going to look over in the AFC and say there still, to me, isn't anybody clearly that can dethrone – the Chiefs in the AFC. So they're headed yeah. back to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I don't know for five years, right? Because we know what happens within five years. Everybody wants to get paid, right? And you talk about, oh, they went out and got Orlando Brown, right? And why did Orlando Brown leave the Ravens? Because he wants to get paid as a left tackle. What are the Kansas City Chiefs going to have to next, do next year? They're going to have to make him the highest paid player more than Trent Williams. And that's going to that's going to put a damper in your ability to have the tremendous depth that the Kansas City Chiefs have had. They got maybe a two or three year more window. I, you look, the sooner that window ends. As a Raiders fan, the happier I'm going to be either way. All right. When the NFL has spoken regarding COVID, we'll speak to a former NFL GM next about what it means for roster management. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? 
You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.